This episode was recorded on March 28th, 2021. Our topic for today, Coinbase. Johnny, let's start with our news of the week. Johnny, what's in the news this week? Oh, Michael, we are all teammates working at the same company called Slack. Connect. I Slack Connect. I, I do not. I do not believe that I work at Slack Connect. I don't think Salesforce has acquired my company yet. But yes, what you're oh. talking about, of course, is Slack's great, well thought out, and clearly secure messaging feature that I released this week and then pulled back called Slack Connect that allows, I'll, I'll talk about the press release. Employees at more than 74,000 organizations and counting can now securely direct message anyone inside or outside of their company. What a wonderful idea. Let's connect everyone at work the same way we've connected everyone in their personal lives. So Twitter? Wait, isn't that what LinkedIn does? So LinkedIn, yeah, so there we go. So I see, I see what this is. So this was Salesforce lost acquiring LinkedIn. So it's trying to remake LinkedIn. It's like, we, it's like, I want LinkedIn. We have LinkedIn at home, LinkedIn at home. It's Slack. Like I said, it's we're like, all teammates now. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what you guys were imagining before. I think you're thinking about the old days of Slack. This is Slack Force now. Slack Force is about reducing friction, increasing collaboration. All right. Speaking of large companies, uh, what's called speaking of large companies in the news, let's talk about our main topic for today. So Coinbase, Johnny, is going to be the main topic that we talk about today. So Johnny, first, what is Coinbase? And do we think it's successful? And if so, why? Absolutely. Coinbase is a cryptocurrency exchange platform founded by Brian Armstrong and Fred Ernst Sam in 2012. As of March 2021, it is the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the United States by trading volume. So I see. So yes, it's a it's a place for me to buy buy sell. Sorry, buy sell and uh, well hold. I guess all yes. of the different popular cryptocurrencies like uh, uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Bitcoin, Dogecoin, or Dogcoin, whatever they call it. They're about to IPO at what folks are saying is a hundred billion dollar valuation. Yep, and they're doing a direct listing, not even raising any money for it. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I would definitely consider. I mean, if we consider about to IPO a success, I would consider that a success. But and they're the, and, and and the other thing is they're 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 profitable, unlike which a lot of the companies that have been IPOing exactly, recently. Exactly, which we can't say about Uber. And okay, so how do they get this much money? Why are they successful, Johnny? Yes, uh, this is. The area I really try to focus on because I've been really curious why, you know, Coinbase is number one in the States. Uh, and there have been others, right? There have been other exchanges over the years. Um, and so the three, I, I nailed it down to three specific reasons, right? And I'll get into each one of them. But for, the three are legal compliance with government right. regulation and taxes and so on and so forth. Secondly, security, right? Making sure that they don't get hacked. And the third is ease of use or access for the users to be able to buy all the most popular coins. Okay. Okay. So it's an exchange. Yeah, it's an exchange. Yeah. But no, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, put that flippantly. I mean, literally what you just talked about in terms of the three big things are the three big things that we want to see any exchange have. 
It does it Absolutely. our currency exchange specifically? Does it have all the currencies I want to buy? Is it secure? Is my stuff going to get stolen? No. Okay. Is it is it legal? Uh, and me and buying and exchanging in whatever territory nation I'm in, am I obeying all the laws? Those are the three pillars of an exchange. Surprisingly enough, it's not so easy for all the other exchanges to meet these bars. <laughs> That's why this is nothing special. This is like the, as you just said, the requirements that you need to be it's meeting the bare, exchange, meeting the bare minimum requirements. But that's a bar successful. that others have not been able to jump over. All right, then. So Coinbase is a successful company. Probably, I mean, maybe a successful investment in some time frame. But is it a rich company, Johnny, is the question to ask now. So let's move on to rich tech and poor tech, Johnny, with our three pillars of industry, incremental user value and incremental societal value for Coinbase. So first, Johnny, industry. What industry is Coinbase in? So I know in our pre-show, I put down in, I put down a, uh, a statement that I want us to discuss, which is I see too many people talking about Coinbase as like the NASDAQ because too many people use crypto as a security. I would offer that Coinbase is not the NASDAQ. It's that kiosk in the mall or the airport that allows you to exchange your dollars for euros. Yes. That's, that would be my argument, Johnny. How so, do you feel about this argument? Yeah, I, you convinced me. So in my research, when I was looking around uh, and why they were successful, there was an industry research article that talked about how Coinbase is kind of in the middle, right? In one stance, they are essentially a digital cryptocurrency bank, right? Where you can buy and hold assets, a digital wallet of sorts, right? Which is what your bank is. Um, yep. At the same time, they're also like the NASDAQ and that they list um, specific assets for you to, to invest in and hold it, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. one, people aren't really using uh, Bitcoin as a currency was one of the things right. that we discussed. And people right. are using it mostly as a speculative asset, right? I'm going to buy it at whatever, 1,000, 6,000, because I expect it will go up. And it has gone up, right? I, a few days ago, I took, took a look at it. It's about 50,000 US dollars. Right. I think that's, um, the, that's the key distinction so, we're talking about. Because when we talk about industry, we're talking about historical counterparts. In this yes. case, it feels like a stock exchange. But the only reason that it feels like that is because Bitcoin, I mean, frankly, is failing its mission of being an actual currency. It's gone up in value 200% over the past two years, year over year. That's amazing. But because of that, it's become so, it's so volatile that it feels like a stock exchange. If Bitcoin wasn't pure currency, as is the goal of Bitcoin, it would be, oh, the Euro, the dollar. The Euro yeah. and the dollar and the yen and all these different types of things and the RMB don't fluctuate that much. Or the, the CAD, the well, Canadian dollar as well, don't fluctuate yes. that much. No, I feel the it, the industry, the historical precedent slash equivalent industry of Coinbase is not the stock exchange. It is that paper money exchange kiosk. So, so Johnny, what would you consider the kiosk of currency exchange in terms of rich tech, poor tech? Uh, I would say in theory, they make money. Yes, but in but theory. It's supposed They're to be poor around neutral because the fees they charge you in the, in the currency kiosk 
that's operating expenditures for them to take on the risk of holding that much paper currency and the constant fear of being robbed at any one point. That too. But, and, and, you know, and acquiring it and getting it from other countries and so on and so forth. It's the money that they buy is purely cost of operation. Now, I'd say Coinbase actually gouges you because it puts a transactional fee of, I think, 5% per every single trade, yep. more than stock exchanges, more than, uh, more than crypto in itself, or sorry, more than uh, currency exchanges in itself. But yes. I would say that in the theory of industry, currency exchange should be around neutral. Yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely not rich and it's definitely not poor. All right. In that case, I would say uh, industry neutral for Coinbase. Yeah. All right, let's move on to incremental user value, Johnny. What is the incremental user value of a Coinbase? It has made cryptocurrency more accessible to the masses. Earlier yes. on, even the, the people that were attracted to Bitcoin were, if you will, the hackers, the libertarians. John, really quickly, let's let's talk about the alternatives to a Bitcoin, or sorry, to a Coinbase. Uh, setting up a Bitcoin wallet is fairly simple. Uh, exchange of Bitcoin is incredibly simple. The challenge is finding who has Bitcoin, which by the nature of Bitcoin originally was just the miners. Uh, who have to go and individually mine and solve the math ma- uh, the mathematical problems in order to release more coins to the world. There's also and a lot of into murky circulation. people. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So the only challenge and why we need a Coinbase is because it's so hard to find people with enough tonnage, if you will, of Bitcoins or Ethereum, or these different types of things to actually get your hands on them and exchange your uh, your paper money for them. Yes. So it's a network. So the value was in the network. Mm-hmm. Value network, value and access. Um, is that user value? Well, let's phrase it this way. Do you actually need Coinbase? The answer is actually no. You technically don't need Coinbase to exist. Just like you don't need those kiosks in the mall to exist. You could find some random person that you trust and be like, Johnny, give me some Belgian dollars. I give you some U.S. dollars. Boom. You know, you can, you can get it done. But it's just that's true. finding those true. folks across the Internet and doing all that. They're, they're expediting that and, ex- and, and allowing access to, uh, to this coinage that you don't have otherwise. That's true. Actually, you could give me your $100 and I can give you... 60 euros. Right. But, uh, but if you think about the internet, then how do I get you that hundred dollars? Right. Is it through PayPal? Is it through these other things? How do I make sure it's secure? It's all completely possible. But I would say that in the, in, in the infancy of Bitcoin, which we're still in, or the crypto of which we're still in, I think it is adding user value. Long term, it may not. Actually, I think the opposite. What user value are you adding if the user can't use that money or that cur- well, that that asset as well, as a currency? But I think long term. Well, okay, okay, that's that's a good no, no, point. So, but so, I think so, long- so, so, this, this is where I'm coming off of. So I was watching. Okay. Um, we'll have it in the show notes. But um, <clears throat> CEO founder Brian Armstrong was talking about their mission vision for Coinbase and why they're doing it, right? One of the, their driving factors is to provide economic freedom for everyone, right? Um, but to provide economic freedom, people have to get 
value out of it, right? So the last part of their, they have a three-part plan. Their last part is that they need a whole bunch of crypto companies to be created, right? So that crypto uh, can be treated as a currency, right? And that you can actually exchange it for value. Again, products and services like we previously set up, right? But if that doesn't exist, if that ecosystem doesn't exist, all you're using it is to speculate, right? And to hold an asset. Okay, sure, there is some value, but the potential that they plan to or claim to has not been reached yet. So it's not as valuable as it could be. I see what you're saying, Jari. So it's a catch-22 insofar as in the short term, access is being provided, but the actual thing I'm having access to is of much much minimal value uh, as an actual actual currency. Long-term, when it's when the actual currency is widespread, if you will, if it if it reaches that state, the access is already there because it's in circulation and being used, and therefore I don't need this for access anymore. Right. That's an interesting catch twenty two to be in. Will we say then that okay, it's either providing me no value now or no value in the future? So neutral, a neutral again? Yeah, I would say neutral. I mean, I came into this expecting. Uh, to argue for rich, but okay, if I go into Coinbase and I and I buy some cryptocurrencies, what can I do with that? Let's talk about incremental societal value then, the last pillar. Yes. So, Johnny, what has Coinbase done for society? Uh, it has introduced many Americans to the art of speculation. It's literally paraphrase one of the readings I did. So for context, when Coinbase was created around 2012, when it was founded, uh, the price of Bitcoin was around 100 bucks or so. And nobody really believed it. Yeah, we it, missed out right? on that one. <laughs> yes, I think. And today, as I said, it's around 50,000 US, right? So a lot of people were very skeptical about this entire idea, right? Um, so, but Bitcoin, but so, so I'm arguing that Coinface has contributed to it by allowing people an avenue to acquire these assets and hold on to them because they're speculating it's going to go up, but it by itself hasn't necessarily been a main driver to this. Bitcoin has been rising for a whole bunch of other reasons, which is why I have an issue with their whole mission, which is you don't reach economic freedom by one entity. You reach economic freedom by a whole bunch of different policies, which are mostly driven by government. All right, right. I mean, there's there's some episode in the future we should do on uh, what was about to say on bank backed or government backed currencies, but government backed digital currencies, CDCs. There we go. Right. Um, yeah, I have a hard time trying to define the societal ad of something like Coinbase when it's hard to define that there's any societal ad of Bitcoin right now. Yes. There's certainly exactly. Bitcoin millionaires. There's there's certainly people who've become millionaires, Bitcoin. But oh yeah, I mean, the founder here is uh, worth around 10 billion, I think. Or at least he's a multi-billionaire based mm-hmm. on his previous cryptocurrency activity as well as obviously his, his, uh, his equity in Coinbase. Yeah, I mean, Yeah, I'm hard pressed to find incremental societal value right now. I think there is potential for it, but uh, for for Bitcoin and in the 
in the type of making that speed. Right, let me ask a question. Do we believe that Coinbase is speeding up the vision, if you will, of Bitcoin? Is it even a catalyst? I haven't found any specific examples of that, right? So yes, it has the commerce. One of the things that we did research is that it has the commerce where I think as of March, 2020, it had facilitated 200 million in right. cryptocurrency commerce, but that's nothing. I think that's, a, that's another thing to point out about how Coinbase gets all of its money. Some of it is from actual commerce, yes. Most of it is from speculation, large. So Coinbase has several levels. They have your basic level, then they have premium. And then they have levels of commercial, which is mostly institutions and investment institutions doing huge bulk trades. Most of it right now is purely acting as a speculative asset exchange. So that's it. So let me put it to you this way. I would have a stronger push on incremental society value, or rather I would argue more that Coinbase was doing or pushing this avenue more if, for example, they were... Um, they started their own businesses, right? A whole bunch of different businesses or encouraged their own employees to start different services, different products that accepted cryptocurrencies exclusively, right? And then these were services that people really needed or wanted and that Coinbase could be there as a facilitator. But if they're there and they're, uh, maybe they're just setting politics. up funds. There's too many yeah. politics involved in that, Johnny. This is a business. It's, it doesn't have politics. Oh, right, right, right. Of course, of course. <laughs> But no, I hear I hear you on that. I have a I would be hard. Let me ask a question though: Is it negative? Do we believe it's actually slowing down the vision of Bitcoin? Do we, let me ask a question. Actually, let me ask this question: If it were harder to obtain Bitcoin, would there be less speculation? Would there be less speculation and more incentive for people to put it into circulation? If it was harder to get. Right. Because originally, if, if we think about it, and this is a oh. quite bad comparison because what it was being used for was not legal. But there's some of the original use cases of Bitcoin were on the Silk Road, buying drugs, buying right. you know, legal right. services. I think an assassin was acquired on, uh, on, uh, on Silk Road. Silk Road, yeah. But the incentive of Bitcoin back then was acquire it to purchase something. Then it became the incentive was acquire and never purchase anything. Has the ease of, and I'm not, there's not a well, question of Bitcoin itself, but has the ease of acquiring actually slowed down the utilization of it as a currency? Is it is stuff like Coinbase actually slowing down the vision? No, 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 no. Because no. it's a two-factor thing, right? One is you have to make it easy to, because I, I see a catch-22. If it's harder to acquire, then it remains a niche service that only the hackers and the, the technically capable people will be able to, to acquire. But then what are they using it for? If nobody else has any use for it or can acquire, there's no purpose, right? It remains a very niche uh, product or service and it might never even realize it's cool. But making it easily accessible is the first hold step. On. But it needs the second on. step of, I need to be able to use the easily acquired assets. Hold on here. Let's let's look at some Bitcoin uh, companies that are making a difference. Uh, so remittance is a large area uh, where it can make a difference. 
anything with foreign exchange fees is an area which can make a large difference. But if it, so, like basically I, I, I pray this with this. Do we believe Coinbase is raising the speculatory nature of Bitcoin's current assessment? Uh, what's it called? It's a presentation because it, it markets itself as an exchange. It talks yeah. about it as a large institutional exchange vector. For all of these different types of purposes, it talks about being the NASDAQ of crypto and so on and so forth, or the NYSE of crypto, so on and so forth. Because of that, it's already leaning towards that speculative uh, culture right. of Bitcoin, right. not the right. actual utilization of it. I see what you mean. Because of what they're providing, that can incentivize people one way or another, right? If they change what they were providing or provided other additional services, then they could incentivize people to use it in a different way, right? It's I'll just phrase it this way. How come their entire strategy isn't becoming as widely acceptable as PayPal? How come I don't see pay with Coinbase every place I go? That's a good point. Where's the lobbying for that? Where's the investment in that? Where's the partnership with Amazon or the partnership with someone else to accept Bitcoin? They want somebody else to deal with the politics of that. It's like Tesla is Tesla's Elon Musk, him doing it himself. Coinbase didn't yeah. push for Elon to do it. No. All right. So what do we consider that? Do we consider that neutral, Actually, positive, I would, negative? I would say even negative because it's not even able to push for the things that would that it advocates for. You you made the 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 the. the you just made a good point, right? We don't see a pay with Coinbase. Why not? If you're trying to make this access as accessible as possible, you don't just allow for the exchange, you allow for the usage. All right. So final verdict. All right. So final verdict, we have industry, neutral. Incremental user value, neutral. Incremental societal value, negative. Final verdict is Coinbase is poor tech. With the potential, the potential. I guess everyone has the potential to be rich tech, but this one specifically has a potential to turn a few of these categories around, right? Mm -hmm. Other companies may not have the potential, right? At all. Think they'll do it? Final question, you think they're capable? Well, I mean, they've been capable this whole time, whether they've actually done it or not, is maybe that they're not capable this whole time. I don't know if they've been capable this whole time, to be honest. There's a difference between creating an exchange, in which case, to be honest, this is a purely technical solvable problem right now that they're doing. Yes. Every single solution they've had is technology. Oh, we have a, the, the demand is already there. We make it easy to use. They have not increased the demand for Bitcoin. They comply with all of the legal requirements. That's the technology thing. They're secure. That's the technology thing. They have yet to actually require finding increasing product market fit, increasing the TAM, doing anything to actually uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, increase the adoption of Bitcoin. They're providing a service for those who already want it. Yeah. So I wouldn't say I mean, that they're capable necessarily of actually achieving what they uh, what their mission statement is. Uh, okay, sure. So I guess what I was trying to say was that I haven't seen them try. If they tried and failed, that'd be one thing and say they're not capable, but they haven't even tried. But yeah, you're right. Uh, maybe they, they, they've point. found success. They have found success in serving, servicing uh, an, an existing demand. 
and they've been successful at it. Why do anything more? It's just that their mission is to do more and they're not. Right. Right. Alrighty then. So with that all being said, you've been listening to another episode of the Silicon Trail podcast. Have a wonderful week and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening.